we all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Ah, feel the whoa with Listerine at BJ's. You can save $2.50 now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location. Experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine. Discount available through December 24th. Save now only at BJ's. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Over. <laughs> Would you stand on your feet? Let's lift our Bibles high. <laughs> Let's make our confession of faith together. Y'all ready? Stand on the bottom. Let's say it together. I'm unconditionally loved by God and at Harvest Church. I'm in my year of acceleration, accelerated progress, accelerated faith. This year, all I do is win in Jesus' name, Selah. Selah is like amen's cousin. Selah means God, you said it, I believe it. That settles it. Amen means I agree. Go to Job chapter 38, verse 1. Job chapter 38, verse 1. I got this wrestling belt on for a reason. Somebody said the people's vision, that's right. (laughs) I got this wrestling belt on. Anybody like wrestling in here? Anybody in here like fixed fights? You already missed the message right there. I said, anybody like wrestling? Uh-huh, okay. So, 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 so that means you like fixed fights. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. Job chapter 38, verse 1. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Say, out of his trouble. Say, out of his storm. Say, out of his fall. Now, at this point, Job has lost everything. And it was in a storm God answered him. Sometimes you say, God, where are you at? He said, I'm right there in the middle of your mess. I'm right there in the middle of your storm, and I'm talking through what ain't working. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking through what's not working. That's a good neighbor. Let's try the other one see if they'll say it more emphatic to you. Say, he's talking through what's not working. And he said, who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? He says, so really, you, you're going to, you, in other words, he says, Job, you're going to try to pollute what I'm saying, and you don't even know what's really going on. Watch verse 3. I like verse 3. Here it is. He says, now act like a man or prepare yourself like a man. Now, even to the ladies in here, for a moment, let's just catch the principle. He's talking to a man, but evidently when he's talking to a man, he's like, Job, you're not acting like a man. He said, Job, you are a male, but you're not acting like a man. He says, you're grown, but you're not acting like you're grown. He said, you've been through hell, but you're acting like you don't know what to do when you go through hell. 
He says, now prepare yourself like a man. And I'm going to ask you some questions. You're going to give me some answers. What, what, where was this coming from? The storm, the whirlwind. And he said, Joe, prepare yourself. Say those next three words with me. Like a man. Say your name. Prepare yourself. Say those three words with me. Like a man. I want to preach from this subject for a moment this morning. Uh, stop fighting like a girl. Father, I decrease that you might increase. Speak to us now. Customize. Say to make this word for us, your people, that we move in what you've ordained. We honor you for it now. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're in this uh, life-giving message series called Fall For to learn from the Bible how to maximize failure, mistakes, and disappointments so we can make the decision not to fall down nor backward but to fall forward. Somebody say, I'm falling forward. Now, uh, Proverbs 24, 16. We've looked at this scripture all four weeks so far of this series, and it says, for a righteous man. Now, righteous means somebody in right standing with God. Romans chapter 4 teaches us that the moment you become a Christian, you are now made righteous. Now, you didn't work to become righteous. He makes you righteous, which means you may say, Bishop, I still make mistakes. That's okay. He didn't uh, cause you to work to become righteous. He chooses to make you righteous. Somebody say, he makes me righteous. In other words, Jesus, when he hung on that cross 2,000 years ago, what he did was he decided to make you in right standing with him. In other words, he would live a perfect sinless life so that if you received him, you would get to be treated as if you were him. Which means when the Lord looks at you, the Lord does not see your failures. He does not see your mistakes. He doesn't see your mess ups, your screw ups, none of that. He looks at you and he sees himself because he looks at you and sees the sacrifice that he made on Calvary. He looks at you and sees you covered by the blood that he shed. 2,000 years ago. So in verse 16, when it says a righteous man, not just this verse, but any verse in the Bible where it talks about the righteous, I also know it's talking about me. So if anything that is reserved for people that are in right standing with God, I may not have done everything right, but because I received a Savior that did everything right, anywhere it talks about somebody righteous is talking about me. So for a righteous man, say your name may fall seven times and rise again. Which, in other words, he's saying you've got to make a decision to get back up and to fall forward. So I don't care if I have 44 falls as long as I got a 45th rise. I don't care if I had 100 falls as long as I got 101 rises. And in the scripture, we've learned that seven means completion. In other words, if we choose to fall forward, that's what it means. It means I'm getting up from where I messed up. I'm coming up from where I fell down. It can actually turn into an acceleration because in the Bible, seven uh, is the number of completion. So why did he say if a man falls seven times? In other words, what he's saying is when you fall and make mistakes, if you choose to fall forward, you're going to get back up better than you were before before you fail. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you've been taking some falls, you've taken some L's, you've had some rough stuff happening, and I'm going to tell you, God says, you're going to get back up better than you were before you fail, because if a righteous man, well, who's that? Me, if a righteous man falls, he gets back up, and he shall rise again. Somebody say, I'm on my come up. You ain't saying that like you mean to say, I'm on my come up. And here's the good news. He says, though a righteous man fall, he shall rise again. Here's the trip about when you fall forward. When you fall forward and choose not to fall down and choose not to fall backward, when you choose to fall forward, you are actually, watch this, in acceleration. 
What does that mean, Bishop? Uh, sometimes the way you're walking, you're walking too slow, you're walking too cautious. But when you fall, you'll find yourself further along than you were before you started. And sometimes the fall is the greatest thing that can happen to you because when you fall, you've now made more progress. I'm further along. I'm going to tell somebody, you were crying about your fall. You need to stop that crying. You need to shout about your fall because your shout got you closer to where you're headed. Somebody say fall forward. Now, now, in last Sunday's message, and I'm going to take this belt off in a minute because it's tight. In last Sunday's message, detox, we learned that sometimes we fail because our plans are plagued because we're toxic and we don't even know it. And part of living out the Christian life, and if you're not a Christian yet, you're going to have an opportunity to become one today. It's not deep. It's not spooky. It's not this weird thing. It's very, very simple. God died for you and I so we could have life and life more abundantly. Do you believe it? Yes, I do. Cool. Live for me. Great. End of story. Somebody said, that's easy. <clears throat> Part of that Christian life, though, is detoxing daily. Because we don't become toxic overnight. It happens over time. And that's often because we don't detox daily. Some of our mistakes, disappointments, and failures come, watch this, from not just being toxic and not detoxing, but some of our mistakes come because we fight like girls. Now, let me say this. No offense is intended to anyone. But the title is designed to play off of the saying that many young men in America hear when they were growing up, don't you fight. Now, don't trip, because many women oftentimes have more fight. Y'all not going to say nothing. Let's just tell the truth. Many women got more fight than dudes sometimes, so... I'm not at all suggesting or saying that, that women cannot fight. I'm just playing off of something that we've all heard, don't fight like a girl. Here was the inference is that when men fight, they fight with precision. When girls fight. But here's what I do like about the way girls fight. Is, listen, they're going to close their eyes and just go until somebody hit the flow. Let me pause for the cause before I get to the point. Some of y'all, we need to take a picture and we need to take a principle out of the way girls fight. Because sometimes you're trying to do too much, be too strategic, know everything. And sometimes you just need to close your eyes and fight until somebody is on the flow. Now, 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 now. So, so, so don't, don't take the title and be offended. But there's some principles I want to pull from it. Someone say, don't fight like a girl. Here's why, Bishop. Here's why. Here's why, church. Number one, because girls can take it personal. Two brothers can fight, knock each other out, break each other's nose, bleeding, and finish and go eat. Two girls will talk about fighting and never, ever speak to one another again until they had Aunt Shirley's fume. Fune is a southern word for funeral. <laughs> Girls can take it personal. La ladies, uh, uh, if we're honest, most ladies, not all ladies, most ladies take most everything personal. You can walk into church and somebody standing 4,000 feet away from you doesn't look at you and wave. And now, see, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going back because... I know she didn't see me. Her back was turned to me. She was getting some coffee, and she was in a whole other room, but she could have said something. I don't know. Come here. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. 
girls sometimes can take it personal. And here's the problem. Touch your neighbor say, don't take it personal. Monica wrote y'all a song years ago. She said, don't take it personal. Proverbs 22, 29. I want to read it in the King James Version. I'm going to start slow in about third gear. And then in second point, we're going to go to about gear nine. Tenth point, we'll just go all the way up. Here it is. Proverbs 22, 29. Here it is, King James Version. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. Now, now, now look at me. Look at me. Here's another, another way this reads in another translation. It says this. In business, be men. Now, here's what you need to understand. The enemy doesn't just hate you. He hates all of us. <laughs> and if you take it personal, you'll overthink it. And which is the reason why you can't take fights and issues personal. Your circumstances aren't the issue your internal response is. See, problems aren't actually hard to solve. Accepting the solution is. And if you keep making the solution personal, when instead you should make it practical. Example, in life, we all have battles. We have battles, we have wars. That's the daily life we live. The Bible says in Job that man's days are full of trouble, then he dies. That's, that's just kind of the way that it goes. We're going to deal with some stuff, but we're always victorious because if God be for us, who can be against us? The issue is this, is that when you take things personal, you will make the solution personal when it should be practical. Example, if they lie to you, don't take it personal. Keep it practical. Because if a person lies to you, they're about to lie on you. But you know why you keep that person around? Because you've made it personal. There are certain fights and battles where the solution is very simple. We just won't do it because we've made it personal when we should have kept it practical. And we think of, when you, and again, don't be offended by the title. It's just playing off something that most young men heard. Don't fight like a girl. At the end of the day, if you take everything personal, you are always going to be distracted and you'll stop being diligent. He says, do you see a man that's diligent in his business, the scripture says, and business be men. Why would he say be men? He was saying be mature. He was saying realizing that business is business and friends is friends. He was, saying, he was saying it like this. He was saying, if you start messing with my business, we ain't going to be able to be friends. It's some people that are nothing but a distraction to you, but because you made it so personal, you won't be practical to realize you're a distraction. You're a weight. You're a burden. Ugh, you are in the way. But I've made it so personal, I won't be practical. Oh, God. So your boss says something to you that challenges you. That, that gets right in your face. And you make it personal. I can't believe he's going to tell me I need to be on time. <laughs> Did he see Sheila not being on time? He's not looking to promote Sheila. He was trying to promote you. But because you want to be treated like everybody else, you don't get to be treated like... You don't know what he had in mind when he was dealing with you. You don't know what he was ready to do. Some of us were that way with Jesus, Lord. Why are you on me and you're not saying nothing to them? Because he's already thrown in the towel on somebody else. But you, he's not thrown him the towel on. He says, the work that I've begun in you, I shall perfect him until the day of Christ Jesus. And when I love you, I correct you. Don't take it personal. Make it practical. Sometimes this is going to happen with teenagers. Where they're like, you know, mom, get off my back. Boy, you ain't had no back. You know, you know how parents just make up stuff, especially if you grew up in the South. They'll come up with stuff. You ain't got no back. Matter of fact, them arms ain't yours either. Put your hand down. <laughs> just like, 
Why are you so tough on me? Because you're going to be so. You, you don't get to act like everybody. Some of y'all need to thank God that your mama and your daddy or your grandmama, whoever raised you, that they did not take their hand off of you and they stayed on your back because that's the reason you're in church today. That's the reason you're worshiping today because they didn't let you live and act like everybody else. Somebody ought to thank God you got a whooping. Somebody ought to thank God she took that switch and got to you. That's the reason you ain't locked up today. That's the reason you're not six feet under today. Somebody holler, yeah. He says, he says, he says, in business, be men. So he said, well, Bishop, everything's not business. It is. Everything is business. How do I know that? Because in Scripture, Jesus makes this statement. Say, what did he say, Bishop? He said this. He said, do business until I come. Say, do business till it comes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, 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 that's Luke 19 and 13. He says, do business till I come. Uh, it's this parable and it's this teaching. It's this series of teachings Jesus is doing in Luke. But he was saying to them, everything in life is business. Business is, business is the, it's a transactional thing. Something's giving, something's taking. Something's pouring, something's being poured into. Something's adding, something's subtracting. Something's dividing, something's multiplying. Everything is business. But you know what most of us do is we make everything personal. You know that card note is seven times too high. But you've made it personal. So now you're attached, watch this, to the feeling you get when other people say, ooh, that's so nice. We make lots of, can we just be honest? We do that. We, we do that. Let's just be honest. Wow, one hand, two. Wow. Y'all making the messes personal. I don't know if I'm going back to that harvest. He's sitting up talking about fighting like a girl, see? <laughs> well, I don't take it personal. When you get some results from this word, you won't take it personal either. You're going to be like, I'm so glad I listened to what that man with that jersey and that wrestling belt on said. Watch. Watch. Uh, say, make it practical. Don't take it personal. Sometimes we fail because we've taken things personally. People are lying on me. I'm I'm just so hurt. If they're not lying on you, you must not be very good. If they lied on Jesus, talked about, he was perfect. You and I are not. Who in the room can be honest? I am not perfect and ain't never been perfect. And truth be told, don't you look for me to be perfect because if you watch me long enough, I'm. But thank God for Jesus. That's why I died. But here's the truth. I'm not perfect, not going to be perfect, not trying to be perfect. But here's the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is this. And the truth is, is that most of us make things personal. So if somebody's talking about us, there's an issue, there's a problem. We've made it personal. When you make it personal, you stop being practical. And so now you can start failing unnecessarily. Rather than following up with an email, you just said, I guess they don't want me. And you made it, you made it, you made it personal. Well, maybe it was a practical thing. Maybe they never got your email. It got quiet in the church. You make everything so personal. And so you're trying to fight your daily battle, but here's how you fight your daily battle. God is like, no wonder you don't hit nothing. 
You're not looking at what you're fighting. Everything's personal. Everything's personal. The way they didn't bring you the bread, it's personal. The way they brought you the bread, it's personal. The way she poured the cereal, it's personal. You didn't have to pour the cereal with no attitude. How do you pour with an attitude? I'm just trying to figure out. Everything is personal. If your friend didn't include you on the chat, then, then, they, then you taking it personal. And maybe they just thought they did, but they didn't realize that they didn't. So now it's personal. But no, they didn't include me. I guess they don't want me to go. Hmm, that's okay because I'm an eagle. I'm flying by myself. And the Lord going to bless me. And I got to be by myself. I ain't trying to be no chickens anyhow. Maybe it was a simple mistake. But no, you've taken it personal. It's personal. So if your person next to you gets blessed real big and you don't, ooh, you take it personal. You got a blessing. You got a pra- that was your praise report. Praise God. <laughs> Father, when are you going to do something for me, Jesus? Lord, I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired, Lord. I don't know why you don't bless me, but I will bless the Lord. But Lord, what I'm saying is, though, is that it's just, and God is like, why did you take it personal? You sit next to them, right? Okay, so that means you were next. But when you started taking it personal, you got out of position. And when you got out of position, you got out of your seat. And when you got out of your seat, what was next for you, you now missed. And I dare you to just slap your neighbor high five and say, don't take it personal. Or you'll get out of position. And what you're supposed to experience, you will not experience because you got out of line. And when you get out of line, you get out of line. You missed it. When you get out of line, you get out of line. Y'all missed it. When you get out of line, you get out of line. And, and, and so somebody else moves up to get what was supposed to be for you. And you mad at them and you took that personal when instead what you needed to do was stay in line so that you could stay in line. And I think there's some people in here today that can say, I'm not going to take everything so personal anymore. Sometimes, Lord, just give me the grace to be practical. You ought to lay your hands on yourself say, don't take it personal. Say, be practical. Yeah, stop getting out of line, church, and then you won't be out of line. And here's the trip about it. If I'm behind you in line, and I see you got out of line. See, you mad at other people because all they did was move up. All I did was stay in line. See, while you were getting the attitude and not coming to church and not worshiping and all of that, all I did was move up. And when I moved up, what was for you, I ended up getting because I chose to stay in line. Don't you hate on my harvest if you didn't see my seed. I just stayed in line. And if I see you get out of line, ain't no saving spots. Girls sometimes take it personal. Now, remember, these are generalizations. I know some of you women are like, no, I don't. <laughs> you just took it for per- all that was taking it personal. All this, all that, taking it personal. Here's number two. Girls can be too emotional. What did what God told Job? Act like a man. Now, Job has lost everything, and Job had three friends come and talk to him. Friends. No, just the first part, just the first part. Y'all take that personal. You're like, <laughs> now, take this out, take this out, take this out. Job has lost so much, and harvest is going to stop when I'm done. Job, 
has lost so don't take it personal. Job has lost so much. He lost everything. His children are dead. His money is gone. His properties destroyed. His investments diminished. And his three friends come and they're saying, Job, you must have done this. Another like, you must have done this. Another like, you must have done this. And Job is like, and Job starts going back and forth. He starts fighting like a girl. The first day, watch this. I'm ready to preach now. The first day that Job goes and through trouble and loses things, the Bible says he falls to his knees and he worships. The second time he gets depressed. Sometimes I'm good with one. But don't one to me. Job got one too. And when Job got one too, what happened is Job, the second time, he's just, the Bible says he just is in this, this funk. And he's there for a long time. And then his friends come. And the Bible says Job is so despondent. He's so discouraged that Job is sitting there and they say nothing for days. You ever been in such a fight to where when people are like, let's talk about it. You're like, let's not and say we did. Anybody have been there? You, you ever been in such a battle to where people are like, let's just talk. Let's go out for coffee. Let's just have coffee and not talk. That's where Job is for days. Job says nothing. He says nothing. And when Job says nothing, when Job says nothing for several days, Job goes after a while they start talking. After they start talking, Job is up and down. One day, Job is like, I will bless the Lord. Next moment, Job is like, Lord, why'd you let me be born? Next moment, Job is like, God is good. Next moment, <laughs> Job is like. <sighs> One moment, Job is shouting in church. I mean, he, he shouted. When they gave him the 60 seconds, Job ran across the stage. Next moment, they say shout. Job is like. And it was in a storm, a whirlwind. After Job has done all this complaining, God looks at him and says, oh, Job. Yes, God. Act like a man. You're not going to be compassionate with me, Lord? You've had enough of that coddling and still ain't got together. You had enough of people babying you and still ain't got it together. Your mama keep running to your rescue and you still ain't got it together. No, I'm not going to coddle you. Act like a man because you fight like a girl. This is a tough Sunday morning message because... We want to hear about his compassion, and he is. We want to hear how he's going to rock us and shake us and shake us and rock us. And we want to hear that, that when we cried, the angels came and took our tear and put it in the box of tears in heaven. And, and instead, God, God, come here, you're going to be my prop again today. Now pretend like you, you know, you, I'm going to hit you. Where's your wife? <laughs> Everything you ever wanted to get done here? No. <laughs> okay. I'm just joking. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Okay. Now, I'm going to pretend hit you. I'm going to do like Martin in that movie. I'm going to pretend hit you because you got to act like it hurts. <laughs> All right. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Hold on. 
You're going to sing the song the way I tell you to sing the song now. You ain't on, you're getting ready to go on. <laughs> you're like, what is he talking about? It's a movie. Now, <clears throat> now watch this. Most mothers, most mothers, here's what would happen. Stay right there. This is your robe. <laughs> is he out there fighting? <laughs> what y'all out here doing? Leave my ball alone. Leave my ball alone. Baby, you okay? Baby, you all right? I'm calling your mama. I don't have no rollers, but I need the pink rollers there. Here's most fathers. Get up, boy. Get up, boy. Dust yourself off. Now show him who you are. Come here. Y'all not saying nothing to me. In other words, in other words, I'm not going to coddle you during your fight because you need to man up and you need to learn how to take a licking and keep on ticking. Take some knockdowns and get back up. Touch your neighbor and say, stop fighting like a girl. You don't get to be emotional. I mean, I was a kid, I, I, I basically broke my knee. Basically, I know it's not possible, but just go with me. My knee was all skinned up. And didn't nobody come help me do nothing. Just skinned up. And I'm blowing on it. <laughs> when you and I are in fights in life, the temptation is to get really emotional. And emotions can include affection, anger, angst, anguish, annoyance, anxiety, apathy, arousal, awe, boredom, confidence, contempt, contentment, courage, curiosity, depression, desire, despair, uh, envy, euphoria, fear, frustration, gratitude, ecstasy, embarrassment, empathy, distrust, grief, guilt, happiness, hatred, hope, horror, hostility, humiliation, hysteria, that is attention-seeking behavior, interest, jealousy, loneliness, love, lust. Outrage, panic, passion, pity, pleasure, pride, rage, regret, remorse, resentment, sadness, sadity. That is acting sad about who longer is no longer around. Shodan for it. That is getting pleasure from other people's misfortune. Self-confidence, shame, shock, shyness, sorrow, suffering, surprise, trust, trustworthy, wonder, and worry. All of those are emotions that we can experience when we're fighting. And the problem is when you're an emotional fighter is that you often lose. Touch your neighbor say, don't fight like a girl. I'm ready to preach now. Not all emotions are negative, but all are enigmatic. That means they're mysterious. They're difficult to understand. And since they are, don't believe what they tell you because emotions are always hiding the why behind the what. When you're emotional, you're not really mad about what you're mad about. You're mad about something else, but your emotions are concealing what's real. So the reason you cried isn't because you were hurt. Let me prove it to you. Have you ever seen a child bump their head and they should be hollering, but they're not hollering until you run over and say, what's wrong? What you just did was you just made them engage their emotions. And some of y'all, I feel like preaching here, you're wondering why ain't nobody calling you to check on you. It's because God says that's going to make you emotional and you don't have time to be emotional you don't have time for that if you get back up and keep on fighting though a righteous man falls seven times he shall rise not all emotions are negative 
But all emotions are evasive, which means when you're in your feelings and emotions, you focus on the emotion and avoid the real error. So you'll start focusing on the real noun. So you're in a fight and the fight is really about A. But when you're in your fight, that fight, watch this, you turns into a fight about 74. Wow. You're like, what do you mean? Bishop? That's the point. See, when you're emotional, you don't even know what you're fighting about anymore. I've had an uh, uh, issue I needed to deal with with some executives in an organization that we deal with the other, uh, last week. <coughs> While we were doing that, uh, you know, I got real, I got real mad. And then after I got mad, I thought, okay, no, let's handle this. And, and in, in that discussion, it became very easy to get pulled into the emotion of the matter. But I had to remind myself, if I get emotional, I'm going to forget what I'm actually <laughs> fighting for and fighting about. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, not all emotions are negative, but all emotions are erratic, which means they're unpredictable, inconsistent, and turbulent, which means we shouldn't make decisions by them nor when we're in them because of how quickly they're changed. And our emotions, most of our emotions, if you look at the breakdown of the word, E means out of motion means change. Most of our emotions come from us losing our perception of control. I'm emotional because I, I lost control. I'm hollering because I lost control. Anybody grew up in the South? All right. All right. All right. All right. If you grew up in the South, grew up in the South, um, there were certain sayings that, uh, you know, big mama, grandmama, whatever you call her, whatever the matriarchal figure in the family would say. And, oh, my dear, my dear, you know, whatever, how you say it. Now, here's the point. If you grew up in the South, just, just give it me. Just, just all for a moment. Let's travel down the Mississippi Delta. And let's get off at, uh, at Beale Street <laughs> in downtown Memphis. Now, now <laughs> yeah, I like that. Now, check this out. Um, there were certain sayings you heard that basically all of them said. If the kids were acting kind of erratic, all of them would begin calling on Jesus. <laughs> Here's how you Kids just... <laughs> Lord Jesus, you better help me, Lord, because I'm about to hurt these kids. When you were going to certain stores, they turn around, look at everybody in the back seat. Now look. Don't y'all touch nothing. And we're leaving here in 30 minutes. And anybody that ain't that, that rode with me that ain't with me is getting left in the store. And don't y'all go over to that toy section. We ain't here for toys. It's not Christmas time. We are here for groceries. <laughs> they would get sometimes very emotional. Our emotions normally come from us feeling like we've lost control. Why do we holler? You ain't listening. Since y'all want to do this kind of thing with me, where y'all kind of being quiet with me today, that's cool. Why do you cuss? Because when you speak regular English, they don't seem to respond. So you get emotional and say, well, maybe you'll hear this. Oh, you heard that, huh? Slam another counter if you want to. Slam another I'm not encouraging you to use 
excessive profanity. Not encouraging you to use excessive profanity. Why, why, do we, why do we slam stuff? So you can catch my vibe. 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 You, you, you got that. <laughs> now, look. Attention if you have fun in church. Why do we slam the front door when we leave in the house? So you can know when I left, I was mad. Why do we not respond to the text that you send after we slam the front door to check to see if we're okay? So our avoidance, which is a form of an emotion, can let you know we're mad. Here's the problem, y'all. When you're emotional, you often lose your fight because you don't even know what you're fighting for nor about. I, so here's the deal. Say, Bishop, help me then. I hate when people give problems without solutions. It makes me emotional. <laughs> when people give me problems without solutions, I get very emotional very quickly. My emotion normally comes out in the form of intense rage and the cracking of my neck, which is a form of emotional expression, which means I don't want to hear the problem. If you could come to me, I want to know what you're going to do about it. So let me give you a solution. You ready? Say, help me, Bishop. Luke 21, 19. It got quiet during this emotional stuff. We live in a very emotional culture. You know, very emotional culture. But then you're going to lose fights that way. Luke 21, 19. I'm almost done. By your patience, possess your souls. Your soul is your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. What did Jesus say you need to do to possess or watch this? When you lose control, you get emotional to gain control. Jesus says, don't get emotional. He says, instead, be patient. Patience is not waiting. Patience is the level of endurance you can take before you become emotional or negative. Jesus says, if you want to stop losing fights because you get emotional, you need to be patient. And if you're patient, you'll possess or you'll keep control of your soul, your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. So here's the deal. It means when something's pulling me into negative emotions, what I need to do instead is stop and say, wait just a minute. Let me calm down. And let me slow down. Because I might be about to blow up the ship I need to ride to the other side on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, watch this. Psalm 103.2. Here's one more. And there's only one more point we're done. Psalm 103.2. Bless the Lord. Y'all know it? Y'all talk to me. What? And forget not his benefits. This is the psalmist speaking. And what is he doing? He commands his soul. He says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. In other words, here's what he did. He said, I'm taking control of my emotions. My emotions are not taking control of me. Which means sometimes what you need to do is have an internal dialogue when you feel yourself being pulled into negative emotions and say, wait a minute. You are not going to lose this fight. You're not going to get overly emotional and make dumb decisions. You're not going to get caught up in emotions of the moment. Jesus did not die for me to just be overly emotional. He died for me to have the victory. And sometimes to have the victory, I have to get possession of my soul. And to get possession of my soul, sometimes I need to... 
Because you'll discover every fight that can be fought doesn't require a fight. Now, 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 here's the last point. Y'all ready? Are you learning? Here, here's the reason God says to Job, act like a man. Because girls sometimes can be messy. Ladies, there again I say unto you, be not thou dismayed. <laughs> I'm playing off of, a, off of a term that we've heard. Got it? Okay. Because the men, and men don't be like, hey, Bishop so preaching to them women today. This is a us message. I mean, if you got blood in your body, this is for you. Girls can be messy. A mess is a situation or state of affairs that is confused and full of difficulties. But sometimes you can start acting and fighting like what you're going through. You can take on the spirit of the mess around you. So it's no longer a good fight because you'll start picking fights where there's nothing to win. I got this belt here, this wrestling belt. And um, in wrestling... Uh, you get you get the belt when you what? When you win. When you're messy, you will fight, and there's no win. You will pick fights where there's nothing to win. I'm gonna call them and get them a piece of my mind. They still not gonna listen. There's nothing to win there. But when you're messy, you don't care about all that. Now, I'm going to tell my side of the story, so I'm going to post the blog so they know what I really think about it. And ain't all seven people that read the blog don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> There's nothing to win. I learned. I, I, I used to, I, I used to be, um, I was talking to a pastor who was in town and flew down just to spend a, a few days and all that, and it was wonderful. We were talking, and, um, and he, was a little, he was a little shorter than me. And so, you know. <laughs> I said, blessed be the Lord God Almighty, you know. But no, I'm just joking. But, but he's probably watching. Bless you, man of God. He's probably watching. And, and so while we were talking, he, we were talking, and he said, you know, Bishop, he said, I'll be honest. And I love honesty. He said, he said, I probably did that because I had short men trying to play. That's what he said. And I was like, well, I don't know. That. I, <laughs> that's your confession, sir. That is not my confession. And sometimes you will fight a fight just because you can not because there's anything to win. You will call them back just because you want to get the last word and they don't even speak good English. <laughs> you're trying to get a word in, they don't even know what you're talking about. Sometimes you'll be so angry and so mad and, and we'll tear it all up and rebuild it in three days. But there's nothing to win there. That's why the Bible says in 1 Timothy 6.12, let's write down to fight the good fight of faith, lay hold of eternal life, whereunto you are also called to profess the good profession before many witnesses. What kind of fight did he say to fight? A good fight. What's a good fight? Where you win. While you're fighting fights, ain't no win in there. This happens a lot in families where you fight a fight to have supremacy. I'm the big sister. And we are not going to Golden Corral today after church. I don't want no bread. It happens normally when people you're very close to. See, because girls sometimes can be messy. Psalm 144 and 1. Here it is, and then I'm going to give this last example. 
Y'all learning? Somebody say, don't fight like a girl. Again, don't be offended. Don't be offended. God said it. He did. He looks at a grown man and says, act like one. What is he saying? He looks at a grown man and says, act like a man. What is he telling him? God said it. So if you're offended, take it up with him. Write to God an email. Send him an email. Psalm 144.1. Y'all ready? Here it is. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war. Fighting. And my fingers for battle. Think about this. We use our fingers and hands every day and in virtually everything we do. So what's the point of the verse? Stay ready. So when a crisis strikes, I don't have to get messy because I was ready. Let me give you this last example. Think of a girl's bedroom. Think of a girl's bedroom. Just the bedroom. Just the bedroom. Bring me that camera. Bring me that camera. Come on with me. Because I'm going to take guitar lessons next week. Thank you. Give me some tissue for the makeup they got to take off. You got a makeup bag? Now just, come on, look at all this product. How you got all this product in church? See, this is my point. Y'all are making my point. Let me have one of them backpacks. I mean, purse. <laughs> Hold up. But you a woman from you a, you a woman from the south, so you got several. <laughs> and give me the nice one. <laughs> Thank you for your offerings. <laughs> Watch, watch, watch. Think of a teenage girl's or grown woman. <laughs> Think of her bedroom. Ooh, girl. Oh, God, this room is. Mm. Rather than clean off where I can sit, shoot. So what you do today? Oh, for real? Okay. No, God is good. Church was good. I know I need to clean up, but I'm so tired. God, dog. Y'all be quiet in there. Turn that music down.
but not that low. Kids be trying to listen to my, my conversations. Whew. Wait, 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 turn the music off. Turn the music off. Turn it off. Turn it down. Shh, shh, shh. Let me get my robe. Hold on. Is that the dough? You kids, you know what? I told your daddy, you just, just put the robe on. Put the, just put it on my shoulders. Put it on my shoulders. I'm good. Shh, shh. I'll do the preaching. You do the camera work, okay? Look out the window. I ain't getting it. I ain't getting it. I ain't, I ain't getting it. If they knock one more time. Who is it? Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. What if what you were waiting on was at the door, but because you were so messy, you couldn't open the door to let what was trying to get to you that you prayed for, that you fasted for, that you gave for, that it couldn't get to you because you were so messy. And, and when you're messy, you're never ready. So when the fight starts, you spend all your time getting ready. Now let me get my skills. Now let me do this. Now let me do this. Now let me prepare. Now let me pray. Let's get these ladies their purses because I can see them. They sitting on their ears like, that's good, Bishop. Get my purse. If you don't stay ready and you're messy, you will spend all of your time getting ready. It don't literally take two hours to get ready for church. But when you're messy... Now, I might beat nobody up. Catch the principle. Many of our lives, when we are going through our daily life, things are such a mess. We didn't bring any order. We didn't bring any structure. We, did, we didn't have a plan. We didn't have an agenda. We didn't have a strategy. And we don't realize God says, I've been training your hands for war. But if you're messy, when you're so messy, what's going to happen is you're never ready. Ever. 
You're not ready to fight. You're not ready for breakthrough. And so some of you, God has been knocking all year. He's been just knocking. And you keep turning the music down. You keep doing all of these other things. And God is like, if you would have stayed ready, you wouldn't have had to get ready. Because here's the real trip. And I'm getting ready to close. What if everything you needed, you already had? But because it's so messy, you can't find what it is that you need. What if you were waiting on somebody to tell you you're beautiful, but you already got it right here? It says, hello, beautiful. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Uh, wait if you were saying, Lord, I just want to feel like your daughter. Well, you already had that. It was in there. Y'all not talking to me. What if you said, God, I want a victory. I already got victory for you, but you're so messy. Touch your neighbor and say, don't fight like a girl. And I just need to close this message and ask this question. Is there anybody in here that has decided from this day forward, I've learned not to fight like a girl. If God told Job, prepare yourself like a man, I won't be messy. I won't be emotional. I won't take it personal. Somebody say, I'm victorious. Shout at 930, say, I'm victorious. Somebody give God a praise in this atmosphere. Come on, give him a praise in here. Give them a praise. Let out a cry of victory. Let out a cry of victory in here. Hallelujah. God's, because I can't be mad at nobody else. I'm the one that made this mess. So let me go on and clean this mess. Because it's time for some victory. It's time to win. And when you're cleaning up, you don't just throw stuff anywhere. You take it back and put it where it belongs. Y'all going to get this message one way. Of the other. Sometimes you just got to take the time. You the one called him and said all that crazy stuff. You call him and fix it. You the one got that unforgiveness gone and take it, put it back where it goes. You're the one that's supposed to be the curse breaker in your bloodline. Somebody say, I'm not fighting like a girl anymore. And I'm out of time, but I ain't done cleaning up. Got to keep cleaning up. See, watch this. You missed the principle. The music stopped, but the mess was still there. Which means I got to keep getting things back in order, even if there's no music to back me up, even if there's nobody clapping to tell me you're doing a good job, even if there's nobody pushing me, I got to push myself in Jesus' name. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means, that not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All of those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. 
He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do... I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Ah. Feel the woe with Listerine at BJ's. You can save $2.50 now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location. Experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine. Discount available through December 24th. Save now only at BJ's. 